0: culture wars are off and running or perhaps i should just say the culture war is off and running here in the west we the people have had enough we are sick and tired of having the agenda of the left shoved down our throats we are sick and tired of their attempts at tearing down western civilization shoved down our throats, and we've reached the point in time where this is is apparently coming to a head. It's very interesting how things have worked out, but You had the, initially you had backlash against Disney. Disney kind of led the charge with uh, not intentionally getting caught, but Disney had been uh, very actively uh, putting in homosexual, transsexual content into children's television shows and movies. And trying to promote social change that way. And they got caught because of an online Zoom meeting that leaked. At first, you know, I don't know what people thought. I myself noticed it, and a lot of other people seemed to notice it. But it it apparently needed kind of a kick in the pants. Because a Zoom meeting was leaked... And in the Zoom meeting, these Disney executives were talking about how they were intentionally doing this. They were intentionally trying to queer children with their entertainment. And, and one of them said that she had a not-so-secret gay agenda and that she was just throwing queer into everything. Then, and, and this caused a slow but steady or maybe not so slow the way, you know. Depending on the way you look at it, decline for uh, Disney. But the overall the overall quality of Disney's productions had been going down very consistently for some time, and and it, because they were hiring. These easy-to-control, young, ideological writers and showrunners that had next to no uh, experience when it came to big-budget filmmaking. And we ended up with Marvel Phase 4, or as some people call it, Marvel Phase Bore we ended up with the complete destruction of Star Wars, the total destruction of Star Wars, and pretty soon we will find out the total destruction of Indiana Jones, the total destruction of Willow, which ultimately leads to the total destruction of uh, Lucasfilm. Then following that, Budweiser said, or Anheuser-Busch said hold my beer and they took their brand bud light which is the brand of beer for blue collar white straight men i'm not even going to say white it's 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 the blue blue collar straight men hard-working salt of the earth type folks And they took that and they did a marketing promo with a failed actor, failed comedian by the name of Dylan Mulvaney, who has been pretending to be a woman for over a year now. And they made a commemorative can of Bud Light with his face on it to celebrate his 365th day of, quote, womanhood, end quote. And Bud Lightstock tanked fast. This was the impetus for a massive backlash. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. Following this, brilliantly following this, Target decided to, and I I don't know, I mean, this makes no financial sense whatsoever, no business sense whatsoever, Target decided to roll out their pride collection for Pride Month the 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 celebration of the pagan goddess Ishtar early. They decided to roll it out early in, instead of going with June, which is Pride Month, because you know, somebody decided that was going to be the case, they run it out early. And they have in it items that are specifically, intentionally targeting children, including girls' swimsuits that are cut for little boys to wear. And we're talking toddlers. We're talking kids as young as toddlers. We're talking like five-year-old, six-year-old little boys. These are Girl swimsuits cut for little boys so that little boys can run around in little girl swimsuits. And then multiple books indoctrinating, they're the written to indoctrinate children into the pride religion. So they're targeting specifically children and They have items designed by an admitted Satanist who calls herself Eric Carnell. And then Target Stock tanks, because the momentum is obviously against the Pride movement at this point you have bud light whose whose sales have have not recovered and are not going to recover they they keep dropping they keep dropping and now target has lost 10 billion dollars in a matter of 2 weeks and now we we are seeing the beginning of The culture wars. What we are beginning to see is is people, normal people, we the people, the other 98% of the population standing up and saying no more. We are not going to do this. In the case of Disney, this has cost disney an enormous amount of money disney has been losing billions and billions and billions of dollars every quarter to the point now where they are in what i would call a financially untenable situation and this is this is as as one of my very favorite YouTube commentators, uh, Overlord DVD, uh, and, and if you don't mind uh, some adult-type language, uh, check him out on YouTube. Overlord DVD—he's hilarious. A lot of uh, theatricality goes on in his productions, uh, and and just absolutely hilarious. But as he likes to say, the wages of woke is broke. And so it has turned out for Disney, for Anheuser-Busch, and now for Target. And now you've got other major corporations that are scared about this. Disney's financially untenable situation, to get back on point, is such that they have not had a profitable movie in over two years. I, I just saw somebody on Twitter, a shill on Twitter, bragging about the fact that their new uh, release of their new reimagined feminist um, racist Little Mermaid is, quote, swimming to number one with an opening day of thirty eight million dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, on a Memorial Day weekend, any movie had better have an opening opening day better than thirty eight million dollars, especially if that movie's production budget was two hundred dollars million dollars the way that it works in hollywood the way that it works for movies currently is that you take the production budget if you're trying to figure out how much money a production needs to break even it's two to two and a half and some would say three but i'll say two to two and a half times The production budget, because you've got the production budget, and then you've got the amount of money that you pay to market it, and then you have, when it rolls out into theaters, the theaters keep most of the money from that rollout. I think that uh, most productions only make about 25%, or get to keep about 25% of the uh, profits from the theatrical release. So you take two to two and a half times the production budget, and that's your break-even point. If you have a production budget of $200 million, then you need to make $400 to $500 million just to break even, depending on how much money you spent, again, on marketing. And they marketed this pretty heavily, Although they relied on negative marketing mostly uh, because they just don't have the budget for positive marketing. So they relied a lot on calling fans who opposed the remake racists. They tried to stir up controversy in the media is the way that they mostly tried to market this. Although I did see uh, quite a bit of marketing for this movie on YouTube and uh, etc., so they did spend a good amount of money marketing this. I'm not going to get into the movie itself. I'm not going to get into the uh, any any of the aspects, the ways that the the songs were rewritten to fit a new modern sensibility. Uh, there are plenty of other people on YouTube that can comment more intelligently on that. I have not myself seen it. I don't know a whole lot about CGI uh, uh, CGI movie making and, and other people like this do. I would point you to uh, Nerd Rodick, uh, Ryan Kimmel, or Kinnell, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Mr. H reviews, the critical drinker, and disperu just to name a few all of these guys are available on youtube and uh, most of them also are available on my the venues that i release my videos on which are odyssey.com bitshoot.com and rumble.com and, and various you know alternatives but since youtube is still currently the big boy on the block for the time being you can catch them all there. They also have fantastic... Oh yes, and uh, heel versus babyface. All of these guys are great. All of these guys are great. But check—you've got to check as out at heel versus babyface. He is hysterical. And then, if you want to check more of the business side, there's WDW Pro and uh, Valiant Renegade. All of these guys, top. Notch. So if you want to get into that, that's where I get my information on this stuff. At any rate, I digress as I frequently do ask my wife. Disney uh is they're they're to the point where they're bragging about a $38 million opening day on a film that cost them $200 million to make. That is not anything to brag about, folks. They are in some serious trouble. Their trouble extends now into their parks because people are not going to their parks anymore, and I have shared my views on their parks. I think that what happened with their parks was during the lockdown... They were able to take the money that they normally put into their parks, as far as maintenance and operation and stuff like that, and put it into their failing productions in the entertainment industry, expecting that they would be able to jumpstart their entertainment profits with that infusion of money, and then they would be able to take that money and put it back into the parks when the parks opened up, not understanding that people did not want to watch their filthy garbage in entertainment, that it didn't have anything to do with the production value, it had to do with the writing, it had to do with the agenda, that they were shoving down people's throats. As a result, they were in a situation where they could not maintain their parks either when the parks opened back up there were starting to be reports from uh, people like uh, Park parkhopping and thatparkplace.com that there were frequent breakdowns of multiple rides on any given day that somebody would that you would go to the park i'm not a big uh, i'm not a big amusement park person I've never been to any of Disney's, uh, places. Uh, I would like to, I think we've gone to Universal once and I, I really, I recall enjoying Universal. Um, and then, uh, uh we went to Busch Gardens like a hundred years ago and I think I enjoyed that. And then Six Flags, of course, because, you know, Texas. Other than that, I'm not much of a theme park kind of guy. Uh, at any rate, there are people who who do this, uh, uh, and, and again, you can see them, and I keep up with them on, on YouTube as well, and they've been talking about these issues, uh, like clownfish, um, and they've been saying that there have been maintenance issues, a lot of maintenance issues going on with the parks, and then we have this little beauty from DisneyTouristBlog.com, the slowest six-week stretch for Disney World crowd since 2021. This is not good news for Disney. Just going to go through this real quick. It's been over a month since spring break season ended at Walt Disney World, and the unofficial start of summer 2023 is one week away at Walt Disney World. This post shares recent wait times data, crowd context, what's likely to happen next with attendance levels and more. This is essentially a continuation of the post-spring break attendance trends we first shared in sharp shoulder season slowdown at Walt Disney World and low pre-summer crowds at Walt Disney World. During the company's latest earnings call, CFO Christine McCarthy warned of a slowdown at Walt Disney World in the upcoming quarters to soften the blow to investors. And folks, Disney has been softening the blow for investors for a long time now. It's gotten really tedious, and I'm not going to get too heavily into this because this story gets very technical about attendance and stuff. But that's that's three stories right there that indicate that the Disney Parks section is having trouble. And then I referenced Valiant Renegade and WDW Pro, who I follow frequently for the business end of the entertainment industry. Uh, and these guys are lawyers, they're marketing guys, they're uh, accountants and so forth. And on one of their more recent shows last week, uh, the the group were talking about a, a certain thing, and one of the guys who is a uh, an accountant, a big business accountant, was being quiet, and he was going through their uh, earnings sheet, and he. Interrupted them rather abruptly and said, guys, if I'm reading this correctly, Disney is in a whole lot of financial trouble. And he read from their earnings sheet at basically that at any given time, Disney has on hand uh, liquid operating capital for no more than six, uh, three to six weeks of operations, three to six weeks, and that currently they have like $9 billion of operating capital on hand, liquid operating capital. Now, Disney, whose profits are flagging, they've been losing money very consistently in the entertainment section. Obviously, they're having trouble with the parks. The only thing that is making money for Disney is live sports, that they get from CBS and ESPN live sports, which by the way, the contract for which they lost in India for the cricket, uh, apparently cricket is real big in India and uh, Disney had, uh, or Disney plus, whatever their subsidiary is over there, had the contract to carry the live sports over there. Well, they lost that, So they lost all the revenue for that. And with that, they lost a ton of subscribers in India because one of the reasons that Indian people were subscribing was so that they could watch live sports. So they lost those profits from there. And now all they've got is CBS and ESPN for live sports. So they had this plan because they still have a large piece of Hulu. Now, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, Hulu is uh, a live TV or can be a live TV uh, streaming service, not unlike um, Netflix, except you, they have the ability to, you can get a, a live TV streaming uh, plan from them for like 80 bucks a month or something like that. Anyway, so Disney figures what we'll do and Bob Iger talked about this in their last earnings call. What they're going to do is they're going to take Hulu, they're going to they're take Hulu and they are going to combine it with ESPN and Disney Plus into one application. So you're going to have instead of Disney Plus separate from ESPN Plus and then Hulu, they're going to roll them all together into one big bundle. And I don't know what they're going to call it. But that's their plan. Little problem is that the company Comcast owns a third of Hulu. Now, there was always a plan, apparently, for Disney to buy the remainder of Comcast from Hulu. But now, Comcast knows that they have Disney over a barrel. They know that Disney really, really, really needs Hulu and really, really wants Hulu. Comcast is insisting on the current market valuation, that that their compensation be based on the current market valuation of Hulu in its entirety, which is $71 billion dollars. Disney is balking at this, not wanting to pay that much money because they only have 9 billion dollars in operating capital available to them at the moment. And so Disney is balking at this and saying, "No, we disagree with that particular of, eva- you know, valuation and and so forth." So, uh, you know, and so now the the two are are, are at loggerheads, and Comcast has decided that they are no longer going to help fund uh, the upkeep for Hulu and that they're going to dump that on Disney. Now, typically when Disney buys a a property or or whatever, they pay for it partially in liquid capital and then they pay uh, for the other part in stock. The problem with this is Disney's stock is in a free fall. And so every day, every week, every quarter, their stock is worth less and less and less. Which means their stock ain't what it used to be and isn't something that Comcast is going to be very interested in getting and Disney is not going to be interested in giving up because if they have to give as their stock declines as the price of their stock declines they will have to include more shares to cover the difference and the more shares they give up the more control they would give up to Comcast the more control of Disney they would give up to Comcast which is something that they're afraid of because they want to keep the board the way it is. This is a board where only one person actually has investments in Disney itself. Nobody else on the board is invested in Disney, which is causing Disney more problems because Disney is losing and has consistently been losing for the past two or three years, maybe more, we don't know, because they're also being accused of cooking the books now, so it could be up to five years that they've been losing money consistently. We don't know. The investors are now starting to ask some serious questions, especially when just last week, the week before last, Disney's stock was, uh, was degraded, downgraded. I'm sorry, Disney stock was downgraded and uh, uh, by, I can't remember who it was, this uh, market firm, downgraded Disney stock the same way that uh, Anheuser-Busch's stock was downgraded as well. Anheuser-Busch's stock was downgraded to a hold. Which is, if you've got money in Anheuser-Busch, go ahead and hold on to it. But if you don't have money in Anheuser-Busch, don't buy into it. And that even that may, may be downgraded pretty soon. But Disney's stock was downgraded. So Disney is now potentially facing lawsuits, class action lawsuits, by the investors. For, for violating, intentionally violating, uh, their fiduciary responsibility to the investors. Because instead of focusing on making money, which is what a board should be doing, focusing on making profits, that's what companies are for, the board has instead, under the leadership of Bob Iger, been focused on using Disney as a propaganda tool with which to bring about social change in the United States and the West, which is not what corporations are supposed to do. That is not what corporations are for. As I have stated multiple times, these woke leftists have gone from infiltrating our government to infiltrating our major corporations in the C-suites of our major corporations so that they can use more of other people's money to uh, advance their agenda. Now, instead of using taxpayer money, they're using investor money to do it. And you've got corporations like Vanguard and BlackRock doing this as well through Uh, strong-arm tactics of other corporations that do not have ideologues at the heads of their corporations by saying, well, if you want an interest-free loan, then you have to, uh, or if you want us to invest in your company, then you have to follow our rules as far as uh, environmental social governance, or ESG, and also Uh, D-E-I, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So you, you have to do all of these socialist things in order to get money from our corporation. This is just another way of them using other people's money. Instead of taxpayer money, it's investor money. Well, the only thing is, investors, unlike taxpayers, have legal recourse through the courts. If they can prove that a board is not operating in a manner consistent with their fiduciary responsibilities to create maximum profit, they can sue. And that is potentially what is going to happen to Disney. And Disney cannot afford this. Disney is headed in the direction that I have said it has been headed in for a long time. That eventually because of what they have done, they have admittedly done targeting children, grooming children with the pride movement, with homosexuality, with transsexuality, because of what they have done, the Disney name is Poison. And people are not going to allow their children to be babysat by Disney+, Plus, by just sticking them in front of Disney+, Plus, putting them in the playroom, turning on Disney+, Plus, and then walking away so that they can clean the house and fold the laundry and whatnot, and Disney can entertain their kids, you can't do that anymore because you don't know what kind of filth the children are going to be watching. So you can't do that as a parent. And make no mistake, despite the fact that all of this is true, Disney has no intention of changing anything. They are going to continue to go down the road that they are going until Disney is burned to the ground. Until the property is so worthless that nobody will want anything to do with the Disney name. My next prediction for Disney is that in order to gain more liquid capital, they are going to start selling things off. And my prediction is that the first thing that they are, the first big thing, that they are going to consider selling off, is Lucasfilm. I think Kathleen Kennedy, who is the head of Lucasfilm, has failed so many times. She has destroyed Star Wars. She has destroyed Willow. And now we are going to find out later this June, when they release Indiana Jones 5, Indiana Jones and the Insufferable Feminist, that she has destroyed the Indiana Jones uh, property as well. And that's all that Lucasfilm has. So even if they sell Lucasfilm, they ain't going to get much for it. Because it is worthless. Kathleen Kennedy has destroyed Lucasfilm. And she even said this when she took over Lucasfilm. She said, I will have my way or I will burn it to the ground. And it turns out she has done both. So, now the question becomes, because Lucasfilm basically has nothing to offer, even though it is a big property, who's going to buy it? Who's going to be interested in purchasing a a film production company that doesn't have anything worth buying? Well, that's a tough one. I don't think any of the major studios are going to be interested in it. Because of the trouble that, that it's in, however, my nine-year-old son, while we were listening to uh, uh, "Valiant Renegade," and he just he was in the car, he was just listening. He said, "Netflix," and I was like, "That's brilliant." Netflix themselves have been having you know various problems, and if they were able to get a hold of Star Wars, specifically. They might be able to do something with that. They might be able to build up from, let's say, take the animated series and and start building on the animated series, and maybe they might be able to resuscitate the live-action stuff. So Netflix might actually be interested. Now, Disney paid $4.1 billion, overpaid $4.1 billion for Lucasfilm when Lucasfilm was absolutely nothing. There's no way that anybody is going to pay anywhere remotely close to that for Lucasfilm now. My guess is it's going to top out at $2 billion, Maybe. And I, I recently considered that another, uh, another group who is having very serious financial problems who could actually do something with Star Wars might be interested, and that would be Amazon, Amazon is facing their own problems because of their massive failure with their uh, rings of power uh, debacle. So that's your overall situation with Disney. Next we've got Bud Light. Bud Light is a lot easier and a lot quicker. We can go through Bud Light a lot easier and a lot quicker. They did what they did with Dylan Mulvaney and they have been consistently losing money ever since, to the point where they are actually giving away free beer to their distributors. Which, and the way that this works, folks, is that it's not like the beer goes from the factory to the stores. The beer goes from the factory to distributors to the stores. So the money that is made selling Uh, beer at the stores goes to the distributors, and then the distributors pay money to get more beer from the factory. So the the distributors are the middlemen is how this works. Well, the distributors started losing money almost instantly after the Dylan Mulvaney situation, and to their credit, Anheuser-Busch has been trying to help out their distributors and and up to the point where they have been giving them free beer the distributors have then been offering the beer at ridiculously low prices Uh, at the stores. In one case, uh, somebody saw at Costco, a 36-pack of Bud Light was going for $14.50 or somewhere thereabouts, but something that equated to $0.14 a can, which is incredibly ridiculous. And then just recently, I saw a thing where a case, a uh, 24-case of Bud Light was going for $3.56. Just an insane amount. And if you go to the poor rates over at uh, establishments such as your restaurants and your bars and stuff, there there was one place that sales for Bud Lights went, went so far down, and this is the kegs, went so far down that it was 89% decline to where they don't carry Bud Light anymore. And there are a lot of other places that aren't carrying Bud Light anymore either. And then there was a double backlash because the Pride community decided that instead of doing what they were doing, Bud Light should have come out more vociferously in support of Dylan Mulvaney. And because they didn't do that, well, you've got all of these Pride, uh, these gay bars and stuff like that that are no longer purchasing Bud Light. So this is what happens when you are a major corporation and you pick a side in the culture wars. Because the culture wars are now heating up. You've got the the side of the very vociferous, but very tiny minority of less than 2% of the population. And then you've got the side of everybody else who is now sick and tired of having the agenda of 2% of the population shoved down their throats. Now, just from a financial point of view, if you had to pick a side, it would only make sense that you pick the side of the 98%. Let's say that even 20% of the population supported the pride community. Let's say 25% supported the pride community. It would still only make financial sense that you Pick the side of the vast majority of people, especially if you are a light beer whose v- whose patronage normally comes from blue-collar, regular salt-of-the-earth people. I can guarantee you that the vast majority of Bud Light drinkers are not drag queens. And so Bud Light is now, they find themselves between a rock and the hard place because no matter which way they go, they're going to lose. They have released now three uh, so-called patriotic pandering commercials to the, to the uh, general American public to try to get their sales back up. Uh, And and again, they're they're giving away free beer to their distributors, but that doesn't mean anything. That's not going to do anything when people aren't buying the beer. Uh, Oh, and now Anheuser-Busch is having to buy back stock that is expiring. They're losing massive amounts of money, and word has it that Bud Light is also potentially looking at a class action lawsuit from their investors because of this move. So you've got them. Now you've got Target, who for some reason... Now Target, they they are an ideolo- ideological company very much the same as as Disney. They have a CEO who is full-on woke, who is full-on 100% behind the anti-American... uh anti-western civilization agenda the woke agenda and he has said that they came out with this pride stuff that was uh, much of which was geared towards targeting children and when the backlash happened and i think they were counting on this i think that again they were counting on the negative response to drum up controversy, and that would drum up business. It does not make sense. This has not worked since they started trying to use it in 2016, and it is still not working, maybe 2015, and it is still not working. It is still failing. If you pander to the minority, you are not going to make money. Woke does not sell. Well, now Target is going around lying. Lying. First, they lied about the fact that they were uh, going to move all of this pride stuff. We're going to shrink the size of it, and we're going to move it to the backs of stores in certain areas that are more conservative. They did not do that. None of that happened. I have heard reports that they said they were going to do it, and then I have seen reports of people going in and recording and saying, nope, it's still here. It's still right out front. It's still in your face. Then they said that they were going to stop carrying the items from an avowed Satanist. A guy who said, or I'm sorry, a gal who says that she is an open Satanist and a trans activist. This is a woman. I don't know what her real name is, but she pretends to be a man, and I don't know if she has had... Uh, the surgeries, unlike Dylan Mulvaney, who has not had the surgeries, he's just pretending to be somebody pretending to be, he's pretending to be a girl. Uh, it's it, he's, he's just a, a fake, a shill. Anyway, this Eric Carnell, who has a company called Abprolin, she makes a bunch of transgender pride type stuff she designs this transgender pride stuff and she was selling it in target well because of the backlash target said that they had pulled her stuff because this is openly even though the stuff that apparently target had in it is not openly satanist this is somebody who sells openly satanist stuff they he they uh, she sells a Uh, T's and Pins that say Satan respects pronouns, Uh, Satan is love, Uh, Cure transphobia, not transsexuals, Uh, Too queer for here, Uh, I am a GD lesbian, straights suck, queers swallow. This is her stuff, by the way. Bi babe, young bisexual and willing. Um... Bury cis feelings. Cis is what they call normal people. Uh, all of these are pins and stickers and stuff that this individual has designed. Um, homophobe headrest, which is a guillotine, uh, and then a, a pin that says fight for trans rights, and it's got uh, a two crossed battle axes. Uh and this is the stuff that this woman designs now. The apparently the really hardcore stuff that I just described to you—all those pins and stickers—are uh, not available in Target stores, but they. Uh, but other stuff is the the too queer for here bag, which shows a spaceship flying in a rainbow coming out of the spaceship, uh, flying away, uh, and then uh, the the thing about. Uh, there's another one, not not the Satan respects, uh, but oh yeah, the, the Cure uh, transphobia, uh, not transsexuality, uh, that's in Target right now. Again, they, they didn't move anything. And then, in order to explain why they had to move this stuff, uh, even though they didn't move it, uh, they started who claim that their uh, sales associates and so forth, the people who work there, their employees, were getting uh, threats and, and, and violence was being used and, and conservatives were going in, Christians were going in and knocking over the pride displays and not, and not producing any receipts. None of this, I'm telling you right now, none of this has happened. There is not a single incident, not a single one, that has actually occurred. They cannot produce a proof of a single incident of this occurring. Now, there's one video of a guy, a big fat white guy, walking around with, of course, a MAGA hat on, and he's walking in a manner that uh, is very exaggerated, and he, he picks up he uh, picks up a pride thing in Target, one of their displays, and, and throws it on the floor and mock stomps on it and then walks away um, and says some kind of MAGA thing. And, and that was completely and totally staged because the guy who did that was not a MAGA guy. He was walking like liberals think MAGA people walk. He was behaving in a way that liberals think MAGA people behave, and he was saying things that liberals think MAGA people say. This was completely staged, totally not real, and it was an attempt by them to show see, oh, these conservatives are out of control and they're just destroying everything. Oh, no. So they're lying about that. Now, Bud Light decided they're going to pick up on this. And so Bud Light has now released saying that that their drivers, their truck drivers, uh, are getting uh, people uh, intentionally running into their trucks and flipping them off and calling them homophobic slurs and all that kind of... None of this is happening. None of this is happening. There is not an actual... There's not one actual, like, police report or anything Of any of this going on, especially with the death threats and and, and all of that kind of stuff. Zero proof that any of this is occurring. But as is typical of the left, this is standard operating procedure. The left commits an atrocity, they victimize the right, and then they immediately fall back and claim aggrieved status. Now, this gets extrapolated because you see, and I'm sure that you have heard, especially on college campuses, that people on the left will say that when somebody disagrees with them, this is, they consider that violence, okay? You don't have to actually use violence. The actual definition, what the actual definition means, physical violence against somebody, all you have to do is disagree with them. At first it was you, you spoke out against them. Now it's you disagree with them in your mind. That is violence. And by not patronizing products and companies that promote wokeness, that... Is violence. All of these things they consider reason to respond with actual violence. Now, Target has recently experienced some people going through and trashing Target, but guess who they were, folks? Guess who they were? They were pride activists who felt that Target was not doing enough. To support that because target was talking about backing down they were not doing enough to support the pride movement and wokeness and so it was pride people who went in and started tearing stuff up inside their stores this is eventually going to move outward we are going to see an increase in violence from the left Against the right, and it is going to be, it is going to be excused, it is going to be justified because we are not accepting them, we are not celebrating them, we are not giving in to them, and we are standing up to them, and just by doing that. We are committing violence against them, in their opinion. So there are going to be real acts of violence. This is the exact same reason why the government is not releasing the manifesto of the Nashville shooter. Because the manifesto, I guarantee you that the manifesto of the Nashville shooter contained exactly this kind of language. That she is specifically targeting Christians because... Christians are not uh, supportive of the woke agenda, because they are not supportive of transsexuality, because they are not supportive of the pride movement, and so they deserve to die. Well, now, folks, we have all of this stuff coming to a head, very interestingly enough, at the beginning of so-called Pride Month. And I think one thing I think that we're going to see, I I want, one thing that I expect to see is I expect to see a lot of major corporations that would typically, or a lot of corporations that would typically throw their weight behind the pride uh, celebration in June to not do so as much. You're still going to have your big corporations you're ones that are all in that believe that they are too big to fail like google like microsoft like youtube um uh, still like target maybe even walmart you've you've got these major organizations that are going to do it anyway but i think you're going to see a maybe not so loud maybe not so proud a little bit of backing off, because they're seeing the backlash and they're understanding, and especially smaller companies, they're maybe not going to do that. And you might even see some even smaller companies, like Yingling Beer, who are going to take advantage of the foolishness of all of these major companies and decide that they are going to increase their market share by pandering to Christians by pandering to patriotic Americans. And this this is where things are going to start to come to a head. But I, I think that we can look for more violence from the left, because that's what the left does. Violence, political, social, cultural violence, is exclusively, exclusively committed by the left. Exclusively. You don't see Christians going around shooting up schools. It doesn't happen. Not once. But you've got five of the last several mass shooters have identified within the pride community. Every single one of your mass shooters in the past 50 years, has been a leftist of some stripe. Not a single one of them has been a Republican. Not a single one of them has been an NRA member. And not a single one of them has been a Christian. Not one. It's always the left. It is always the left. So we are going to see an increase in violence from the left. I can guarantee it. And it's going to start this month. It's going to happen. So folks, be ready. And this goes to what I have been saying about a national divorce this segues right into the national divorce because the cultural rift in our nation has gotten so wide so disparate there there is no coexisting with someone who wants to destroy you. There is no coexisting with someone who wants to kill you. There is no coexisting with someone who wants to exert totalitarian control over you. So what is going to happen is that red states are going to continue to get redder. Blue states are going to continue to shrink like what is happening in Oregon. With counties now, there are counties in Oregon voting to secede from Oregon, and it may actually happen. But, And then you've got in Texas, there is a discussion about uh, a referendum in the next general election to explore the uh, secession of Texas from the United States. Now, going out way on a limb here... The way that if that were to occur, the way that I see it happening is that Texas would go first, not Florida, interestingly enough. I think that Texas would go first. I think the rhinos that are running the House in Texas right now uh, are going to get forced into a position where they have to do what they got to do. They're either going to get voted out or uh, the governor is going to be pressured to the point that he is going to have to call a special session to specifically explore the uh, Texit concept. Anyway, if a national divorce happens, I think it's going to start with Texas. Oklahoma is going to go right behind us. The Gulf states are going to follow. Uh, and then it's going to go right up the center of the United States. So you're going to have the left coast and you're going to have the northeast that are going to be excluded. And it's going to kind of work out along the lines of the red states are going to say we are going to follow the constitution of the united states as it was written and it may take the form of an article 5 convention of the states where the article 5 convention of the states comes along and we we validate basically the Constitution of the United States as it was written, and we shore it up in certain weak places and reform the federal government in the manner that it was designed to be formed in the first place. And then the blue states decide, well, we're not going to have anything to do with that. Either way, it's going to be the red states saying, we're going with the Constitution and telling the blue states, if you don't like it, get out. And then the blue states not being able to exist on their own, not being able to produce on their own, are going to be absorbed into Canada and Mexico. That would be my guess as to how it's going to work out. Either way, that's the way I th- see things working out at this point. And I think things are going to have started to come to a head. It's going to start heading in that direction this month. Or the next month, I'm sorry, in June. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button and share this stuff out there. You can get my podcast anywhere you can get podcasts. It's the Doc Bryant Show. And you can get this podcast anywhere there are podcasts except Apple. And my videos are on BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com, Odyssey dot com, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com, and Rumble dot com sometimes i have uh, i put video content out there uh that i do not address in the podcast and vice versa so that's how you get to keep up with me but please 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 folks i'm asking you because i know that the vast majority of my listeners right now are not really active on social media that much share this out there so that other people can hear this and see this because I'd really like to start being able to do this kind of thing for a living. Once again, thank you for listening, and I will talk to... Oh, yeah, if you have any questions, sorry. If you have any questions or comments or whatever, uh, you can hit me up in the comments for the, the places where I put my videos and so forth, but you can also reach me at docbryantshow, one word, Doc Show at zoho that's Z-O-H-O mail.com. All right. Thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you all later.